Hey, Benedict. Hey, Daniel. Hey, Sherelle. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. So Sherelle is, I mean, where do we start? Sherelle is one of our Eros team members. Your title, I think we change it often, but effectively you run customer success and experience at Eros. You were one of our original informal advisors for about a year and a half. We had calls with you, what, like every month or so. And then as soon as we raised money, we were, you were the first person we went to and said, Hey, would you like to join us now? We can actually afford to bring you in. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really fun year of getting to know you, of getting to know arrows, of getting to understand what you two were up to. And then some frantic text messaging and then a phone call and like a five minute conversation. And then one of the nicest offer letters I've ever read. And then you two sent over and really, really showed you listen throughout those months of building the relationship and building the partnership. And it was really fun to join and, and start to do it on. the. Yeah. And that was, what was funny is you, you spent actually, you know, you'd had, we'd talked to you about it. You'd had other job offers or companies you talked to or were consulting with, but as soon as we were able to make an offer to you, I mean, we didn't even interview you. We knew you well at that point. Like we went to you for a lot of advice and, um, it was very cool to, to get your vote of confidence, both in us and in the vision of the product and everything and effectively be able to raise money to be able to afford you in the way that we could actually give you to our customers. And, um, to our own team, to everybody we would hire after you. So it's yeah. been very nice in that way. Yeah. I remember exactly the way you phrased it, which was all, all the things you've told us you enjoy doing and you claim are good at come do them with us and on, on the arrow side. And that was really what ultimately sold me too. Yeah. And do them across, not just one company, but for all of our customers, consult yeah. with them and help them build their customer lifecycle program and whatnot. So I guess real quick. I'll, I'll just say, so you, before this, you worked at Sprout Social, which is how we got to know you. Two of our angel investors are the president and CEO of Sprout Social, and we had a bunch of friends there. And when we were doing customer research for Arrows or what became Arrows, you were one of the first people we were connected with and we clicked it uh, very quickly. And so you effectively, we all, I always describe you to each other as uh, you're effectively Arrows if Arrows was a human. You are <laughs> the operator of or builder of customer lifecycle programs and Arrows is effectively a a tool to manage those customer lifecycle programs. So we, we needed your expertise and that was what was so exciting. Yeah. It feels very meta. I think about this a lot. Like I get to talk about the things I've worked on for all of my career with customers and companies and their customers who are also trying to learn and, and do better at those things. So it has come full circle. It really feels like that one dream job where you get to apply your strengths. Yeah, exactly. So. Benedict, do you want us to tell people why we had Sherell come on? Yeah. So over the last, how long has it been? How long have you guys been working on it? Two months, I'd say. No, I think more than that. More than that. I think two months of like shipping. Yeah. Right. Not right. Not three months of the only thing that you're doing, but over the last several months, this, you guys have been working on a project where Sherell talks to all of these companies. They are trying to figure out success and we have a lot of customers who are early stage startups, smaller companies. And so we realized how can we bottle up a lot of Sherelle's expertise in a way that is more distributable than everyone in the world booking a call with Sherelle. And so the way that, uh, we did that was by putting together a guide, basically an ebook 
pretty big ebook. It's like what, 55 pages? Yeah, the yeah. PDF form. Yeah. What you know, that's design padding and space. It's, it's sure. yeah, yeah, but, but it, it's hefty for an ebook like that. Companies one. like us do not do fifty-five page ebooks. Yeah, and so <laughs> we, and so Sherelle's been working on capturing all of his expertise and putting some of that together for this specific target audience and this specific problem where CEOs of early stage companies trying to figure out success and what do they do and what's important and how do they go about it, and uh, that was released last week and it sort of smashed our expectations. We had some expectations and in terms of how many people would download it, how many people would read it, and it kind of way exceeded those. And so we thought it'd be fun to have Sherelle on today to talk a little bit about, yeah, the process of writing it, what it is about, how it went, and sort of how we arrived at this guide being the thing that we want to put our marketing energy into. Yeah. And then we'll even talk a little bit about the strategy of rolling it out, I think, and, and why I think beyond just the fact that it had to be good, it's a good encapsulation of any product. The thing has to be good for it to get anywhere, but you also have to have a strategy that helps it get as far as it could go. And so I think we, Sherelle, put all the work into making the guide really amazing so that we could actually have the possibility of going far. But then we also came together as a team and I think put together a pretty good strategy to get it where it went on top of that. So Sherelle, do you remember how we decided to do this? Like how the project even started? We were brainstorming generally on how do we I mean, I think you've mentioned this a lot. We want to be generous with our information. We want to help people understand why customer success, why onboarding is important, why a tool like Arrows can make sense in the future. And we were noodling on how do you, where do you even start? What's the target audience? And it was actually Kim who was digging through a lot of our leads and customers that were signing and moving forward. And we noticed the, the, the person we were talking to often at those days was a CEO or a founder of a smaller stage company. And so we viewed that as our target audience of who we want to try and educate today as to why something like Eros is important and why you need to invest more in customer onboarding and in customer success sooner rather than later. And then we've been wanting to do some more deeper guides. I think a lot of these posts started as individual posts almost. Like we, I think you were maybe even writing out things that you would maybe launch individually. And then at some point we shifted and said, this should probably be packaged up into something more significant. Yeah, we definitely did. We were posting individual blogs and best practice posts. And as I started laying out the, what ended up being called chapters, the skeleton of what we were trying to convey, it did feel more and more like a leave behind book, something you can hand someone and, and actually have them read on their own and learn enough to go and start the thing and build the thing, but then also dig into how it works and how to improve it and how to scale it. So yeah, we laid out what ended up becoming nine chapters and I still didn't think it would end up being 50, 55 pages of a PDF. But as I started writing it and something I actively work on is how do you write more concisely? Cause I am long and drawn out and I'm a storyteller by nature. So that was a challenge for me is how do you take a topic so big like customer success and customer onboarding and dwindle it down into even 55 pages? Cause I could easily be three, four times that length. But having that target audience in mind was really helpful in writing to folks who at least know that they're going to eventually invest in something like customer success and invest in something like customer onboarding and getting them to more quickly understand why it matters sooner than later, what are some of the most common misconceptions that are out there and how do you begin to combat or answer those and start to lay out what that value actually looks like in terms of business financials and business metrics and how do you actually measure the success of this whole thing. 
it went from being these individual best practice posts to an actual story of why you should care about customer success. How do you begin starting it? How do you go about hiring those folks? How do you staff the teams? How do you grow the teams? What tools do you need with enough details to get you started and get you going? but obviously not covering every single thing because that does get unique to your business and to your business model and to your budgets and so on. Yeah, and I think a big part of it, each post was each chapter. I mean, especially the phase, like there's part one, two, and three almost. It's like learning about success and how to hire somebody. Then it's about implementing your plan. And then it's about part three is effectively around scaling a plan and understanding the impact of it. I think you did a great job of balancing the it's not so high level that it's not effective or actionable. It's not so in the weeds that it's a thing that you say, I'll read this later because it's 300 pages. It's right. like that right balance of, oh, I'm going to get my introduction here. I'm going to use this to change my thinking or make an argument to my team or my boss or something. And then it also, within that, it gives us a lot of room to effectively dive deeper on any of those topics and, and expand on them over time, which is really useful. Yeah. And to Benedict's point earlier of it taking a little bit longer than even I anticipated, I think why that happened was as we dug into kind of that, it's not too high level, it's not too low level, but then there were certain chapters where we decided and determined there was a need for some adjacent materials to go along with those chapters to make them more impactful. So building things like calculators where you can take what we're saying about customer success and its value and actually computing some of those numbers or downloadable workbooks for interviewing customer success folks so that you know what questions to ask, how to hire, what to look for, how to onboard those individuals. So it was a great framework to really get you going. But then we also decided to invest a little bit more and create those leave behinds and create those downloadables to make it actionable, to give you something to go both learn, but also execute on. Yeah, absolutely. I'll say like, that's the last thing before you jump in, Benedict, the, we launched a 55 page ebook but that was a PDF. Then we also published the full thing on the website, both so it felt generous and people, like there's a strategy to that. We want arrows to be something where we don't gate everything. We want to be pretty generous with what we give out for free. But we also suspected that would help encourage people to share it because you're not going to really share like a, a gated download form for an ebook, like, but it helped, so helped us like actually get it more broad. And then hopefully it gets picked up in SEO kind of places as well. But then like you mentioned, Trail, we have like another blog post we launched as a companion one that was a guide for hiring. You launched a workbook for what you should do with your first three months of a new customer success manager hire. We mm -hmm. launched a calculator on our own site, a calculator with a usesummit.com, our friend Matt. And then we have another calculator in the works that is a companion to the whole guide too. I think that might be it and there might be another thing, but... There was a lot of companion stuff to the guide itself, not to mention like building out the pages on the site, building the calculator, designing the ebook, like which we worked with some people on. So it really was a pretty heavy lift across the board. Yeah. And I know that you, we've touched on some of the higher level content of it. And I think our audience somewhat overlaps with the target audience for the books. I'm curious if you had to pick what is the, Sherelle, if you had to pick like, what is the one thing, what is the one piece from the book that you think is the most important out of everything and give it like a 60 second rundown on like why you think it's the most important and how you tried to distill it down into the book to capture that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's, it's chapter seven or eight, but the, the title is how do you measure the value of and customer success and customer onboarding are the respective chapters. That 
was hard to do. And I think that's why we ended up even in building a couple of calculators to go with it. Cause part of it was you know, validating the words I was writing in there. And does it correlate to some of these known metrics like customer lifetime value? But how do you actually tie the impact of something like onboarding to that bigger customer success metric that we all already know and care about? So it was unpacking that and trying to use actual formulas and calculators and information that even a company of that stage can get their hands on to be able to determine, first of all, is this valuable? Yes or no. We believe it'll be yes. And then to what degree is that value? And in, and in terms of value, I even had put it initially in quotes in the chapter titles, but I was referring really to revenue. So how much revenue can these two functions drive and support your business in driving? And it is part of that bigger messaging of customer success and onboarding are profit centers. They are investments for your business. And I think we're moving away from viewing them in the industry as these reactionary operational functions of the business and more of these proactive revenue driving. So trying to convey that into a chapter form and then giving someone a tool to be able to measure it was probably the most difficult, but I think also the most impactful part of that whole. No, that yeah, makes absolutely. sense. What was the part of it that you felt? So you mentioned like that was the most challenging, but while also impactful because it, like, how do you explain something that's difficult and that is misunderstood in a way that is simple to understand and broadly applicable? Mm -hmm. But if you had to approach the guide again, or let's say we did a, a guide that was now targeted towards CSM teams or what, you know, a different target, but we started over and we're doing the same project again, how would you approach it differently? Was there anything that you really learned or would approach differently? Yeah, I learned probably halfway through that whole concept of the misconceptions I was talking about. Because once I've documented those and had a better idea of what those misconceptions or what the, the problem is for each chapter I was trying to solve, it became easier to write the chapters and write the, the content that I was trying to focus on. Those misconceptions helped me. And I think Daniel, you helped me hone in on this. Those were what made it easier to narrow this large topic into seven or eight focal points and then expand on those pieces. So I would do that sooner in the process. I would jump in and try to understand like, who was the exact audience? What are we trying to solve for with this book or, or guide? And then really focus on writing to those pieces instead of starting a little bit more broad and then trying to narrow in. Yeah, I think I remember that conversation because you had half of or most of the guide done, maybe most of it. And then you wanted thoughts that we dove in and I was like, all this beat feels really good, but it's a little hard to like hang your hat on like what any one of them is about. Like I have to really read this and it's like, you know, yes, part of this is a marketing tool and almost what you want to do is hook people with like, what is it that this whole thing is about. So should I read the whole thing? Right. Like, how do you get somebody to say, well, I do believe that and you're telling me I'm wrong. So why should I read more of it? And I think, yeah, that I remember that conversation. It really helps you. I do remember you being like, oh, I know how to focus this post now. I know what I'm talking to. I know who the persona is on the other side of this that's reading it. You're not talking about the topic broadly. I'm talking about this thing. I'm attacking like this personality's perspective. Yeah. And then somewhat related and, and maybe a second learning was just asking for that feedback sooner. Like I, I also mm. didn't expect this project to last three months ish, but had I known if it would be that long and now assuming future ones would be that big and that long, just asking for feedback earlier in the process so that we can get a little bit back on track sooner. I do wonder how much of that, even if we did it sooner, it's like, it would probably still take as long. It would just be, we would do different stuff with that extra time. 
there's always the like, yeah, the, the misconception that you, the perception that you can do something faster. And it's like reality probably takes the same amount of time. Yeah, no, that's fair. But overall was really pleased with, with the quality that we were able to put out and just seeing people download it and share it and schedule consultation calls and follow-up calls. And like I mentioned earlier, I, I literally have written in my development notes, be more concise in writing. And I was talking to a person who read it the other day and they opened with, this was such a concise guide on customer success. And I lit up because it's one of those things I've been actually working on in my own career on developing. And then to hear it actually land that way after putting so much time into something feels rewarding. But also to hear someone like that gentleman say, this was helpful. This helped me get a better understanding of what I need to do and how do I need to focus my teams and where do I start with customer success? It felt rewarding. That's awesome. Benedict, is there anything that you found most surprising about the guide once you saw it come together or throughout the process or anything like that? Is there an instance like of a company making a really big change to their success process after talking to Sherelle? And like, what's the biggest example of that where... You had a conversation about that process with someone or their team and what was one of the bigger changes that came out of that conversation? It could be pre-guide too. Yeah. Okay, yeah, pre-guide it'll too. be in the, yeah, the few months that you've been here. Yeah, I think selfishly, more so from my own, less about arrows and more so about my own background and my own jobs I've held, but seeing people convinced that they need to invest in onboarding itself outside of even the customer success lens and the bigger customer lifecycle lens is in my opinion, the biggest change I've seen companies actually make after having conversations. Cause it does mean redirecting budgets and strategies and an approach to hiring and org charts and all those pieces. So to be able to, for lack of better terms, convince someone that they need to do that sooner than later, even maybe before they have recognized that selfishly feels great because I've been in those roles and I've been on that side of the table where those teams haven't been budgeted and they haven't had the resources. And so part of what I was saying earlier about joining arrows too, it, it does feel full circle for me because I'm working for a company that's working on a problem and a thing that historically I've worked on, but it has been reactive and now founders and companies and people looking for advice on the topic care enough to talk about onboarding and care enough to talk to someone like me to change their own approach and their own strategy. So seeing people leave those conversations and then reach back out and say, all right, we're hiring a dedicated onboarding person. Where do we go from here? How do we manage these teams is very rewarding, but also a big commitment and exciting to see. That's awesome. It's like the, yeah, the shift to customer success teams over the last 10, 15 years, this is now like the new shift is maybe the last handful of years. That there right. are specific onboarding people, whether they are part of the success org or adjacent to. Yeah. But their job is to get people to like the first moments of success or yeah, whatever it is, value. Yeah. And I and I noticed that trend on the hiring sites too. You see it on LinkedIn and indeed more companies are hiring those types of roles, but then they're also hiring senior manager and directors of those departments for onboarding and implementation. So to really see that investment proves the point of the guide, which is it is correlated to business. It's correlated to revenue. It's correlated to moving, to keeping revenue and to growing revenue and to moving those moments earlier and earlier in the life cycle, which is, is also great because it's forcing us to all understand what post acquisition costs look like and what is the ROI on those pieces. So yeah, it's definitely shifting. And I think it's exciting to be working at a place where that expertise and that experience 
is having an impact on others and being able to advise folks on that. That reminds me, one of the terms you put in the guide at some point, and we couldn't figure out if you came up with it or if it exists. I think it probably exists, but we couldn't really find much about it. But we need to find a way to dive into this idea of customer retention cost. Everybody likes to talk about customer, you know, CAC, customer acquisition cost. It's like a pre-sale cost. Right. You know, it takes 12 months to, you know, pay back for this customer to pay back the cost it took to acquire them. Well, that only really matters if you actually retain that customer for any significant period of time, right. not just 12 months, like actually 24, 36, 48 onward. And it really matters if you can actually retain them and expand their usage over time because that one speeds up the payback period, but also just increases the top line revenue made from that customer. And theoretically it's a win-win if a customer is happily spending more money, happy with you and growing their usage, they're spending more money. So you get more from them and they get more of the value that you deliver them. And I like that idea of customer retention costs being bucketed with onboarding and customer success and all these other functions that keep somebody happy and around and having that be something that as we shift away from focusing purely on acquiring customers and realizing that uh, retaining them and expanding their usage ends up being a, a mega focus of any successful SaaS company, there'll be a lot to like dive into there and the guide's like a really awesome place to like kick that conversation off. Yeah, totally agree. I definitely did not make up the term, but I also haven't been able to find a ton of information on it. But I love the fact that it exists because anytime you start actually putting a metric to something, it tells me it is important enough for someone to care to measure it and think about it, which translated into layman's terms means you have a seat at the table. You get to be part of those decisions and part of the strategy and part of the conversations that hopefully continue to drive revenue. But yeah, customer retention cost is a, at the highest level, how many customers do you have and how much are you paying the teams and efforts to keep them around? And you divide those two, but any deeper than that, I've even found is hard to measure, is hard to track. And maybe that's why a lot of companies aren't spending as much time trying to figure that piece of it out. That's well, we might also, need to reframe it too. Like, is it a cost or is it right? like something you actually want to invest in customer retention investment or whatever? There's some sort of conversation to be had there that we can dive into. And I just remember thinking about that, like your guide, even for the team here who've, you know, especially been active, I spent two plus years, like talking to hundreds of customer success teams and all these things, like even this guide, like brought up a lot of new ideas for us, you know, and after how many dozens of conversations with you and then everything. So really excited about how awesome uh, it came out as well. And just the general quality of it. And the fact that it is something that we get to like have now as a company, it's just a resource we've made and we'll steward our new marketing person joined today. Today is his first day. And one of his first goals was like to repackage a lot of it and make sure it's distributed broadly in the way that none of us have necessarily been that good at um, to distribution for content. So it's really exciting. Yeah. Thank you. That, that means a lot. That's nice to hear. And I hope others find that value in it as well. So maybe the last thing, unless you have another topic, Benedict, is like we talk about like the actual performance of it all. So we really just, we thought, okay, let's put this all in line. We, the main reason we want to do this is to be generous, but we're trying to get demos booked for people who are good fit customers. So startup CEOs typically have been booking demos and buying the product on behalf of themselves and their team. So we wrote this guide, but we really needed, you know, people to give us their emails. So we wanted to make the guide look really good. So we worked with the designer, uh, she designed the ebook and we said, oh, great. We have this awesome, beautiful PDF, but we also want to publish the whole thing on the website. 
well, how do we make sure people actually give us their ebook if, or their email if they uh, download the ebook if we put the whole thing online? So Kim on our team worked out making animation of all the internal pages that made it more enticing to download the guide. And ultimately we got, I don't want to say how many, but we've by, probably by the end of November, we will double our email list of what we had before the, the guide launched, which is pretty incredible. I mean, we've effectively 10x our goal of how many emails we wanted to collect by launching the guide, which is incredible. And the day we launched the guide, I think double the traffic to our website as we'd had ever previously on any single day, including the day we announced our funding and, and everything. So as much as we all were surprised or maybe exhausted by how much effort and extra effort and time went into the guide, it, it's panned out in a way that we all are taking a bit of a breather, but at the same time now doubling down into, okay, how do we actually get more out of this and, and really get to the next step with it? I don't know. It's been interesting going through this process together to see what it takes to put something of this quality out and what sort of impact it can have. I think there's still like a big question mark. Now you, Sherelle and Kim and Stuart will have to see if we can turn this new list size into actually like customers or learnings or something that is of value. We'll see if like that is what will actually dictate if this is worth doing again. But I mean, directionally, it seems like it likely is worth it. So yeah, I guess we'll have to figure out what we can do an update in a few months and tell people how it went on the other end of launching it. Yeah. And if you're hearing this and reading it, please let me know how it is landing. If you have any feedback, I do want to keep improving it. There's probably parts of it where we can go deeper. There's probably parts of it we can go a little more high level. So any and all feedback on it is welcome so that we can keep improving it and, and putting out better content in the future as well. Yeah. I think so Sherelle at arrows.to, your first name at arrows. And then, um, yeah, you'll probably put out more guides and videos and other stuff in the future. So good, good call out. All right. Oop, that's it. Well, great having you, Sherelle. It was awesome to be here. I've heard a lot about the podcast. Nice to be on this side of it. Thank you. You've heard a lot of, about it or you've heard a lot of it? I've heard a lot about it. I'm an active listener. <laughs> Just kidding. Joking aside. Uh, thank you. Thank you both. It was fun. And thanks to anyone in advance for checking out the guide and any of our content. Awesome. See you all next week or see whenever. you later. Bye-bye. Bye.